You're listening to Love Hull, a podcast brought to you by Hull City Council, sharing the latest updates about projects and changes happening in Hull. My name is Anna Marshall and I'm hosted in this podcast. In this episode, we're talking about the city's town ball and we're joined by Tracy Turner, Jim Foster and Oliver Beetlestone. Tracy, please can you introduce yourself? Yes, hi. My name's Tracy Turner. I'm the Assistant Project Manager at Hull City Council for the Major Projects Department. I manage both the Guildhall Town Ball Project and the National Picture Fit Project on Beverly Road in Hull. Thanks, Tracy. Jim, can you introduce yourself and where are you from? Yes, I'm Jim Foster. I, my official title is International Sales Director. I'm from Smith of Derby. Um, I don't just work on international stuff. I also work on complex UK projects. Brilliant. And Oliver, over to you. So, hi, I'm Oliver Beetlestone. I'm the senior design engineer at Smith of Derby. Uh, I'm the design lead on this project for the whole time ball. Um, so I'm doing most of the design work. Great stuff. Tracy, can you just tell us a little bit more about um, the time ball in Hull? Yes, um, it's dating back to 1918. Hull, it, the, the official title of the project is Hull, Hull's Guildhall Greenwich Town Ball, and it's the only such town piece on a municipal building and one of only a few nationally. It reflects the importance of maritime keeping and the role of fixing longitude for accurate navigation. It's an, also an important feature of the city's skyline. The Guildhall Town Ball is approximately 60 metres above ground level. The ball is approximately two, two, two inches in diameter and weighs 840 kilograms. Um, the inside the tower, which obviously is hidden, um, a lot of people haven't been inside, it's made up of six floors. Um, access is gained to the first floor, four floors via a tight winding stair, iron staircase. And as you reach the second floor, the journey is instantly rewarded with a beautiful sight and mesmerising sound of a Barnard Cook clock, which operates the four faces of the tower's exterior, as well as the carillon of bells. And the chimes are played at every quarter, and a special tune at alternate hours as the declaration of the new hour is shared between the Guildhall and the Hull Minster. I'll just talk a bit, of, talk a bit about the carillon. So the original collection of the bells were upgraded to a 25-piece carillon in 2004 to celebrate its centenary, which allows for the playing of any songs either manually or via a pre-programmed control unit. It's extremely rare for a city to have two carillons, and with, with, with modern technology, it is now possible for both buildings to play in unison. So that's the Guildhall um, and the um, Hull Minster. And the Guildhall clock and many other precious clocks in the city have been lovingly maintained by David Stipetic, MBE, who is the Hull City Council's clock custodian. Wow, thanks Tracy. Um, why is the time ball so significant to Hull's maritime history? Um, Hull's time ball is one of the latest in the UK to have been built and it's the highest. Part of the significance of the building is that Hull's time ball is a very late example of telling time in this way. The time ball, which was installed from April 1915 to November 1916, was perhaps one of the last of its kind in Britain. So Tracy, are there many working time balls left in the country? 
We believe that there's only a handful um, left in the UK, um, such as Greenwich, Margate, Edinburgh, and obviously Hull will be added to that list when it's working. So it means that the one in Hull is quite a rare and unique landmark then, and that's why it's important for, for us to, to invest in it and, and make sure it's, it's working again. That's that's true. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's definitely unique to um, in the UK and obviously to Hull itself, and it'll um, link to the um, the Maritime City project as well within Hull. Great stuff. And can you tell us more about the plans for the time ball? Yeah, the tower will undergo a program of physical restoration works, which will include the renovation to parts of the clock tower the stonework, the lantern, and there'll be a new electrical installation to supply the timeborn mechanism with internal lighting. Um, the main contractor um, is Hobson and Porter, a local company. And as we already know, Smiths of Derby are designing and manufacturing the ball and the internal mechanism. The works up to now that has, um, have been carried out, uh, removal of the existing stone circular cup base, the removal of the um, four stone ties or cherubs, which is what some people call them. We've also removed the replica um, time ball and mass, which was um, replaced in the 1980s, and that will be replaced with a new time ball. Um, an internal mechanism will be designed, manufactured and installed. There'll be repeating, repointing and cleaning of the stone, repairs to the ironwork and lantern windows. And then obviously, as we've already said, there'll be a weather vane of an 18th century merchant ship that will be um, on top of the mass of the town ball mass. That sounds absolutely fascinating and lots of work has been done and to be done. Why do you think it's important for people to, to know more about the time ball and, it, and its significance to Hull? And it's probably one of the last of its kind in Britain. It's the highest and it was the last in the UK to have been built. And can you tell us a little bit more about where the funding has come from to ensure that the works, the works have been done? Yeah, um, the most of the funding has come from the lottery players, so the National Lottery Heritage Fund, and we've also got funding, match funding from Hull City Council, and then we have some non-cash contributions from volunteer time as well. How lovely. Just moving on to you, Jim, and, and moving over to you. Can you tell us a little bit more about Smith and Darby, Smith of Darby? Yeah, sure. So. Um... So we were founded in 1856. Uh, we're clock makers. We design, build, install, maintain and repair clocks all over the world. Uh, we're a family business. We're now on the fifth and sixth generation of the Smith family. And we employ around 58 people with various different uh, jobs throughout the company. So you've grown over the years. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so can you just tell us a little bit more about how you're involved with the Hull's Time Ball um, and, and what you've done so far on, on the project? Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, we've got a long association with, uh, with, with Hull Guildhall and the clock custodian David Stepetti, Um because we, we, we look after the, we, well, we help David to look after the uh, mechanical clock at, at the Guildhall and I've done for many, many years. Um, 
we've been involved with this project for the time ball for, for well over 20 years now when, when the initial uh, concept was to get the time ball back working so um so so it's taken a long time to get to get to where we are today um how we're actually involved today we've been to site several times we've assessed the site we have we've designed uh using the very latest technology um how to operate and, and manufacture the time ball so we've been manufacturing now for some time in our works we have a test rig set up um, so we are you know testing parts out before before we bring them to site to install uh, so we just finished we've we've made the um the weather vane as well that's that's a piece of art when you see mm. that you'll be absolutely amazed it's absolutely beautiful that's all um uh, gold leafed as well so it's a very stunning uh, attractive feature so we're, we're we're almost finished uh the manufacturing stage so the next stage for us will be installation and when do we expect that to take place it'll take place um uh, either later this year or, or early next year and are you doing some work to prepare the 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 tower etc for for that now uh yes we, we we have to lift some of the equipment through uh through uh, a, a window aperture the window's currently been taken out for um, restoration so we need to lift some parts into the uh time ball room through the window <laughs> that <laughs> sounds very complex <laughs> I'm can you explain the contact, Anna, but it could be <laughs> yeah <laughs> can you explain the process of the, installing the, the um new time ball and the internal mechanism I'm, I'm going to pass you over to oliver for that one. <laughs> oh, sorry oliver your question your turn <laughs> um so like jim was saying it's it's going to be quite a complex installation process but i've broken it down into a few steps and basically the first step Brilliant. is going to be to lift the rack and drive assembly so this is like the internal mechanism into the lantern gallery through one of the removed windows um, then we need to lift what we're calling the support tube which is a, a much larger tube which it will end up lining the inside of some of the stonework on top of the building so that gets lifted right up onto the top and fixed in place on top of the roof and then comes the big lift of um, the mass tube with the time ball on and our internal tubes and conduits and um, cabling gets lifted up, raised high above the roof and then dropped through it into position. Lowered, lowered is better. Lowered, sorry. Lowered, <laughs> <laughs> well, lowered through it <laughs> and fixed into place in multiple places. And then finally the control cabinet which actually controls the movement of the motors and the mechanism is lifted into the lantern gallery again probably through the window and then we will have our guys in there connecting everything up and then we go and set up the software and set up our limits and make sure everything's running properly and do some tests and switch it on and watch it work yeah <laughs> and uh, once that final tube has been lifted into place we need to send someone up to the top to put the weather vane on oh yes <laughs> that sounds um <laughs> <laughs> Will that be one of you two? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. Ahead for heights. <laughs> I but I don't think I'm going up there. 
<laughs> so can you tell me a little bit more about the materials that have been used for the time ball mechanism and the weather vane? So uh, we're using a combination of multiple materials, uh, largely stainless steel and aluminium. Um, so the actual tube itself, the mass tube that the ball goes up and down, that's going to be stainless steel with a PTFE coating. So it has essentially like a frying pan, like an anti-stick coating that keeps it clean or keep it running for a long period of time. Um, we've used aluminium as much as possible just to keep the weights of things down. And then the ball itself is made from stainless steel, which is then gilded in gold, in gold leaf. Um, the weather vane is made from copper, and that's been hand, pretty much handmade mm. by one of our really talented fabricators. Yeah. Um, and then that's all been gilded. And like Jim saying, it does look amazing. That's been done. Um, so yeah, that's. And can I? Yeah. And can I just ask who who designed the weather vane? Was was it yourselves or? Um, yeah, we designed it. It's uh, based on the HMS Bounty. Uh, it's been inspired by that, and it's looking at images and stuff. It seems to be fairly accurate, and it, like I say, it's a piece of art really. And that's been designed in house and made in house through a combination of uh, there was some CAD modelling, 3D printed jigs and formers we had made, and then quite a lot of hand beating and forming and welding and panels. Yeah. Um, how will the ball be raised and lowered up and down the mast? So the ball moves using a rack and pinion mechanism with a, a fixed tooth pinion on the internal column uh, located in the lantern gallery. So in the centre of the room and then driving up and down that we have the motor and gearbox assembly located on um, essentially on bearings within a, a captive slide, which can then the pinion will then rotate driving the gearbox up and down the teeth. Uh, on top of this mechanism moving up and down, we have a large tube connected to it and then a series of connected tubes run up the inside of the tower and on the end of that we have a, a large array of magnets uh, which uh, magne magnetically attract the inside of the ball and allow it to move up and down the tube without any physical connection which means that the inside of the building is still completely sealed from the outside preventing any issues if things corrode in and you know weather getting in and salt water and whatever else um it sounds all really really fascinating actually but and really really com like complicated and technical as well um from your perspective jim and oliver why is it so important to to restore time balls and clocks of, of historical significance i think the it's all about uh maintaining history so you know if, there was a time ball originally on, on, on the building that stopped working, I think, in the 70s. And, uh, you know, we, we we want to be part, well, we are part of, of the team that are going to make that time ball work again. So we're bringing, we're, we're carrying on history for, for, for the next 50 years, 100 years, who knows? Uh, so, you know, we're absolutely delighted to be involved in that because I think it's important for, not just for the people of, of Hull, but, you know, obviously it's a priority for them, but also for visitors to the city as well. Mm, very much so. As well. It's a, it's a big part of maritime history as well, in Lane, with Hull being a maritime city. Yeah. I mean, and what's, what's nice is in restoring this and being involved, we've not just 
gone with the original way that it worked and restored it to its original uh, function. We've modernized it so that hopefully it will work for many years to come. Yeah. And, you know, it's not many people redesign a time ball mm. these days. Even the ones that are running, they're usually just kept running yeah. uh, with the pulley and road, road system. system. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thanks, Oliver and Jim. That's really, really good. Tracy, just coming back to yourself, um, when do we expect the work to be finished? Um, well, the pro project itself um, will finish J uh, June 2022. That includes the construction works and the activity side of the project. We're hoping that the full construction works will finish um, early 2022, but the project itself isn't finished until June 2022. On so when you say about, that, sorry, go on, you go. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to ask about. You just mentioned activities. What does what 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 do you mean by that? Will people be able to to get involved and find out more about it before it's it's open and starts working again? We're, um, we've had a survey um, running uh, to attract people, volunteers, helpers to assist and support us with the promotion of the town ball. And we've had quite a lot of interest. So I'm just negotiating times and dates for me to give them a presentation on um, the project itself and how they can become involved. Um, I think we've got about um, 15 people that are really keen to be involved in the project. But obviously, the, um, we had to slightly amend the activity plan due to COVID restrictions because a lot of the activities were stopped and couldn't be carried out. So what we're doing now, we've, um, we've had a STEM pod reduced, which will be accompanied by pull-up banners, exhibition characters and a resource pack. And we're working closely with Heritage Learning to promote this project through the full curriculum. And the STEM pod, it's an interactive um, pod that should, that's got a model of the time ball and lots of interactive um, elements to, to it as well. And that will be um, displayed in, in public spaces within the city, like the Guildhall, the Hull History Centre and the Maritime Museum when it opens. We've also had a collection of promotional materials produced, um, e.g. bag, t-shirt, um, pens, pencils which will be given out to volunteers for them to promote the project. We've, got, we've had um, a leaflet produced. Um, we've had a number of activities when we could um, in Payson Park, aligning with the other NLHF projects. There'll be a virtual tour of the tower will be created as well. So people, so this will be displayed on various um, social media platforms and websites that people can click onto and have a look at the inside of the tower. There'll be removable exhibition images that will be displayed on the first floor of the tower, which um, these will be taken to events, etc. when we have them, um, and also be included into the virtual tour. We're, um, we're currently in discussions with a company to, to create a shadow puppetry film, which will be produced telling the history of the town born and how it connects to the city's maritime past. And we're also in discussions with um, someone to develop an animation of the Guild Old Town Ball. And that'll explain the visual engaging way of how the signal was sent from Greenwich to the Guild Old Town Ball daily to allow its operation. We're also looking at a music project 
um, working with the Hall Minister Carolyn Eyre, um, and that'll be working with, with, with schools within the city through the whole curriculum. And hopefully it'll be a competition maybe just after Christmas or just before, um, probably after Christmas, to be honest with you, when the town board's working um, and whoever wins the competition, they'll have their music played um, on, on the clock and the town board will fall and rise as well. Um, and we're also getting two interpretation stations um, installed. There'll be one opposite the Guild Hall in the recess area, and some sort of um, some sort of text that'll be incorporated into the paving paving around the um, interpretation station. And there'll also be an interpretation station um, located as part of the Queen's Gardens project down Guildhall Road as well. So there's quite a lot of um, that will be going on from now till June next year. Definitely, it all sounds really, really good as well. Um, just ensuring that everybody finds out more about what the time ball did um, and, and the significance of it, etc. Um, Tracy, finally, can you just tell us how people can keep up to date with the project and 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 the progress of the installation? Yeah, um, well, we have them um, social media accounts. So we've got a Twitter account, which is which is at whoops, sorry, is at Tambol Hall. And then we've got a Facebook account, which is Guildhall Tarnball, and also the HYMC um, website, which is maritimehall.co.uk. And also we've got, an, um, if anybody just wants to email direct, it's ghtimeball at hullcc.gov.uk if you want um, to ask me a question. We've also... If you type in Hull Guild Old Town Ball on YouTube, there's quite a lot of um, videos that have been uploaded on there of the clock working and um, inside the tower and of the works that are going on currently. That's great. Thanks, Tracy. It sounds, uh, sounds as though there's a lot going on and people can find out and keep up to date with all that. Finally, thanks for listening to the Love Hull podcast.